Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of Nullcast. And, Bud, it is our first game opponent preview here. So, I scheduled to do this last night. Uh, too many rumors, too much left in the air. Decided to wait a day, have some certainty as the game, both time, location, and the fact that it is even taking place. Uh, so, with that, we'll thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, Louisiana Hot Sauce, title sponsor of the Nullcast. And uh, anything that we do is uh, fortunate to be able to partner with them and hopefully make it a little bit better. But, uh, Bud, noon kickoff in Tallahassee, not what we expected, but uh, we have football, and let's try to give everybody a decent idea as to what they'll see come noon on Saturday. I I think we're okay with it, though, right? I mean, when you consider all the factors, like the safety of the people and, you know, the, the... Politicians don't want to have a bunch of hurricane, you know, bad things happening because people were on the road and, and were unable to get home and they got stuck. And there's already enough bad stuff that's going to happen with a major hurricane potentially going about to hit the state. So I, I think this is probably the right move. And yeah, noon in Tallahassee, Ingram, it's it's going to be a hot day out there. First, we should probably really quickly discuss. I think, because I, this is the only real kind of bummer, but it's still going to be fun. And we, we, we've been playing in this Madison Social tailgate in Jacksonville for, what, almost a year, I think? Yeah, so uh, a disappointment in the fact that the tailgate won't take place. I know uh, I first started talking with Matt about his ideas for this back in June of 2018, so certainly uh, something that had been in the works, and... Um, We'll go ahead and tell people that uh, if you did purchase tickets to the tailgate, uh, Madison Social will be open at 8 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, If you want to come and redeem your tickets there, uh, those of you who received uh, like the food and drink package will receive drink tickets and a full order of the blt dip uh if you just three purchase, drink tickets yeah three drink tickets and if you if you just purchase the drinks only uh you'll receive three of those so and if you're not coming to tallahassee uh matt and his team will be in touch with you uh i know they'll be emailing or mailing out some gift cards rather uh for the ticket value so um we're fortunate to be able to pair with them uh people who care an awful lot about uh servicing their customers and uh, being as fair and upfront as possible. And uh, it's a shame that it won't take place in all its grandeur, but uh, would still encourage people uh, to come out to Madison Social to redeem your tickets if you have them. And uh, quite confident that everybody will find a way uh, to have a great time nonetheless. And look, we we will not have our, our like live Q&A thing because there's really not a great spot for it. But I do plan to be at Madison Social a, a good bit before the game. On Saturday, so if you stop in and, and you see me or you see Ingram there, uh, please just just go ahead and say hello, and uh, we would we'd love to meet you. So, with that, uh, let's make the best of a, a tough situation and get into this this preview, man. Because this is a big game. Uh, current line six and a half total, fifty three and a half, and uh, we we talked about this whole off season. Getting a win here it is is pretty important, and this could be a game, uh, honestly, in which. Like, if you win, you could have some potential benefits down the line. And if you lose, uh, ditto. I think maybe we should talk on this real briefly before we get into the X's O's. I think this is beneficial for Florida State to be just cut and dry. Uh, I think that you can turn the heat on. You can water down the fields. You can do whatever you want to. You can't replicate humidity of Tallahassee. Uh, it's it's impossible. And... Uh, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and uh, I do think it's a big, I don't know, a big difference, but it's a noticeable difference uh, between a noon kickoff in Tallahassee and a 7 p.m. kickoff in Jacksonville. I think that's beneficial to Florida State and something that will be in the back of my mind as to kind of how this game players out, plays out and maybe how, uh, you know, Boise looks in the middle of the third on. Dude, there's no doubt. I mean, this is going to be – it's going to be so hot. Like, have you seen the t- – first of all, it, it, it could rain. But you're talking about like mid nineties, mid nineties and steamy against an offense in Florida State that wants to go go go. I'm I'm excited about that. But I I think you're exactly right. It, it is an advantage to be playing at home, assuming that that people actually show up for it. I I, I think they will. I mean, I, I don't think they'll have seven or anything like that. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if they got forty or fifty on a game that's on short, much you know such short notice. And I, I think most people who are planning on going to the game in Jacksonville anyway. We'll probably still go uh, to this game, so let's let's get into it. We, we we know people have a limited amount of time to listen here before the uh, before the kickoff, and, and we want to give them all the information we can. So we'll start uh, here with the idea of Boise State having the ball. Take a look at their offense, how they match up with Florida State, and some of the strengths and weaknesses. Uh, first thing we'll touch on is Boise's uh, formation overall. Um, not really something where you can pin down and say they like to do anything uh, in particular. They're pretty multiple. They usually use at least one tight end. Sometimes they're in the gun. Sometimes they're not. Uh, they not real easy to nail it down exactly what they do. And they maybe are one of the teams that's a little bit harder to put your finger on as to exactly what their base offense is. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, it, there, there's a lot of sort of, you know, one back, uh, one one tight end. But it's not like they won't ever go two back. It's not like they'll never go, um, you know, four wide. But I think for the most part, you're going to see. I would guess mostly one tight end and one back, just just because we'll talk about it in a minute. But some of their uh, some of their personnel might dictate that you need a couple extra blockers. Tempo wise, last year they were 90th in the nation in Bill Connolly's adjusted tempo stat. That's not uh, that's not very fast. And I don't think that's going to increase this year due to something that we're going to talk about here in a second. But they were very, very good on offense. They were 18th overall offense in the country uh, with a pretty wild split here, right? 12th in efficiency, 101st in explosiveness. And, And I think that, again, something we'll talk about in a second, but I think you'll see, oh, that makes a lot of sense given who they had last year. Uh, They were 13th on passing downs. 18th on standard downs, so actually a little bit better on passing downs. Um, you know, like this was this is a, a a very good offense last year. In our outline, I kind of put the quarterback thing third, and, and we'll get to that. But but I, the thing about this offense, you really got to know this year, is that they probably have the best offensive line. I mean, no, no, probably they they have the best offensive line in the Mountain West uh, Conference, and they have probably. I think it's fairly easily a better offensive line for State. And they have a couple dudes who are likely to be drafted. This this is going to be a legitimate test up front. A very legitimate uh, test. They return all five starters, uh, two kids that are uh, particularly stand out. What is it, the uh, Molokan kid? Is that how you pronounce his name? That's a guy that has a chance to be a maybe a second-day pick uh, with the new NFL draft system. And then the uh, Ezra Cleveland kid, another really talented kid, really talented kid. Yeah, so they they have some dudes up front um, who are going to be very good. 
All five starters return. Again, look, you usually have offensive line issues early in the season. We, we, we just saw Florida and Miami. We had a lot of jokes in our inbox about that, but uh, I don't think Florida State's offensive line would look any better, you know, lining up against Florida or against Miami in a week zero uh, type situation. But over 100 combined career starts returning. I think everybody has made at least uh, seven. Size-wise, this is not your typical group of five offensive line, right? Like they're not. Oh, hey, they're they're quick, but they're undersized. No, they're they're all listed at at, at three hundred plus. Um, so this is this is a group that should be able to protect fairly well, I I think, and and is certainly going to be looking to open up some holes in the run game. Let me just cross the board: 300, and uh, and. And no real freshman playing, obviously. You know, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt sophomore. So, uh, very impressive group there from Boise. They don't allow a whole lot, of, lot of uh, tackles for loss, uh, nor do they allow very many sacks. But that really paid off for them in the run game last year. They were actually 14th nationally in Bill Connolly's uh, rushing S and P. But they have a big loss here to the NFL draft, and I'm interested to see how they replace it. So the kid that they lost is the uh, Alexander Mattinson uh, kid who was a third-round pick. Pretty talented guy who kind of became one of the uh, – just the comfort blankets that uh, that offered that they were able to occasionally rely upon last year. Andrew Van Buren, Robert Mahone are the replacements. Not even typically using a lead blocker. They just kind of like to get a little bit of space and see what the back can make out of it. Yeah, well, when they're doing misdirection, it's typically, um, you know, with, with with some jet action from from the receiver. Uh, we saw that some with with a bit of their counter game last year when they, when they were using Madison. Um, I, I think there's probably somewhat of a drop off. Third round back is is a pretty good back, right? You think of all the really good backs Florida State has had in recent years, and yet how many of them actually went third round? I mean, third round is is a top one hundred pick. And that's that's not easy to be. So he, he was a he was a very good player for them. One thing I will note tactically that I think could change, but at least last year, last year they almost never ran draws on passing downs. Right? They were uh, 116th in run free run frequency on passing downs, and I, I think that's something that that could change this year. By the way, if you're watching this live, Trevor Lawrence just threw a almost a pick six. Oh, wow, very impressive. I guess he is human. So, almost never on passing downs would they run. But I think a lot of that comes back to, and, and, and we've been setting this up, but they lost a quarterback who was not like an NFL-type dude necessarily, but damn, was he pretty good in college. And he has a lot of the Boise records. Now he's gone, and uh, and that's that's Brett Rippon. Yeah, Rippon had his, had his name attached to an awful lot of career records there. They'll rely upon a true freshman, which is interesting in and of itself. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer? Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer. Again, true freshman. I got to see him a little bit. Did you? He's Uh, 6'1", 205 pounds, somewhere in that area. Yeah, I think he's he's decent. Now, I wasn't really evaluating him like, oh, man, he's a guy who's definitely going to be ready to, you know, to, to play immediately. But he he does have some talent. His stats in high school suggest that he's very much a pocket passer, and from what I saw him, yeah, it it does look like that. But but he's not you know unable to 
to run with the football. I think I think he does have, have some good escape ability. But it's hard not to see some kind of drop off in, in their passing game. I mean, last year, 26 nationally, 13th in, in efficiency, but 98th in explosiveness. So they did kind of struggle to push the ball down the field a little bit. And I was I was surprised at that. Because of how, how good Ripon was, we'll have, we'll have to see how this kid does. You, you, you got to think they want to set him up with some easy throws early early in the game, but primarily you got to think they're going to try to run or to to rely on this run game. But when they do have a chance to throw, Boise does have or Boise, as apparently we're supposed to be saying Boise, like really pronounce the S, not like a Z. They do have some pretty nice receiving court. Right, they have a good tight end. John Hightower on the outside, explosive and pretty big. So certainly a dude Florida State's going to have to worry about. Uh, CC Thomas and a Kane Butler are also really nice at the Z and at the slot. So I'm I'm interested in seeing. Although they actually have have CC Thomas line up at H sometimes as they label it. I'm pretty interested to see what they what they do with this passing game, just because they were able to do so much last year and in the last couple of years with, with the veteran. Uh, like 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 Rippin, and now you go to a a true freshman who did beat out a guy who was returning, but he was returning from an ACL. So, you know who knows how good that kid looked in practice. But I I think there's some some legitimate questions here, right? We already said, you know, can this freshman be that efficient, right? Rippin, sixty seven percent passer, thirty to seven touchdown intercept or touchdown interception ratio, hardly ever sacked. I think Florida State has to dare him to be to be to, to beat them, right? Like you can't lose this game on the ground if you're Florida State's defense. You, if if you lose it because this kid plays like a high four star and balls out of his mind, okay. I mean, like if he's just dropping dimes all over the place, like like Johnny Manziel coming out. Well, you know, I, I guess you I guess you try to adjust, but the focus really has to be on taking away the run. And, and to that end, I, I think that there's an opportunity here. To play that three four, really as much as possible. It's kind of want to want to bounce this off you, but you know if you're Florida State and you see Boise line up in, in its eleven personnel, you may want to stick with with some of your three four looks. You have a, a linebacker in, in Jaden Lars Woodby, who you think is a pretty good cover guy. I think you have a lot of confidence in most of your dudes in the secondary to cover. And you, I think if you stick with that 3-4 sum early on against that 11 personnel look as opposed to moving to your nickel, to me what you're saying to Boise is, okay, yeah, um, you want to check it around, be our guest. We're, we're not going to let you run the football. And that's, that's really important. Um, I think you'll see some single high zone probably to, to see if he can be consistent on some of the underneath stuff, even though it might be quote-unquote giving him the easy throw. I do want to. Th- I do think you want to see if he can actually make those easy throws, you know. And if he can, then you adjust some. They'll still play a decent bit of their standard cover four, but coming up and tackling on a short stuff will will matter in this game some. But I, I think you, you mix up some of your looks against the true freshman. But the main thing is, is is taking away the run and and not letting him have second six right. Make him have second seven eight nine. Don't give them third and five. Give them third and six, third and seven. The, the downs to where you know, the, the run the run is really not a threat, right? The RPO stuff there on those downs is really not a threat. I also kind of wonder, like, can Florida State get pressure in this game without blitzing? Because if so, it this could be a wrap. 
I mean, they, they could just be be done done. I think it's definitely worth the test. I mean, uh, you talked about how much you'd like to just rely on your 3-4 there. I think you can have some confidence in your secondary to cover some of the pieces that we just talked about. And uh, the test that you mentioned is a great one. But let's see if you can block Marvin Wilson. Let's see if you can block Darden. Uh, this is a, a Bud Elliott stat, not mine. I'll give him credit. Uh, the Mountain West hasn't had a defense alignment drafted in the last three drafts. That's a... It's a hell of a stat, and, uh, you know, we generally think that uh, Florida State's defense alignment are uh, are quite good, and Wilson has a chance to be one of the better ones in the country. Uh, I would, uh, if you're Florida State, test that test. See if they can uh, block those guys, because that, that is, we talk about it all the time, it's the real difference maker across the country. You just don't see players in the line of scrimmage in other parts of the the college football world like you do in the southeast southeastern conference and some of the more higher echelon programs about and uh no nobody on boise's blocked anybody like marvin wilson in in many a year i mean the 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 best opportunity they get to see him is 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 somebody like like who's actually on boise right now um so like that will that'll be fascinating to me How, how do they handle marvin wilson how do they handle Corey durden Right. I mean, like, do we know how, how that's going to look? Because I, I don't. I mean, Durden may have a big game against them potentially. Now, I do think Boise's offensive line is very good. So I, I don't think that they're going to be like totally, you know, shocked and overwhelmed when, when, when those guys come into the game. But I, the, Florida State's defensive line could have a pretty good advantage here up front with those three. Now, I'm not talking about the edge guys. I have no idea if the edge dudes are actually going to be going to be able to do that but like they really could cause some problems for, for Boise's run game here uh and and could allow the backers to feast now if they can't get a pass rush with just four I do think you're gonna have to blitz more and then we're gonna have to see how much they vary their blitzes how well they they scheme up their blitzes how well they're coordinated right I mean as far as like making sure that that dudes are, are blitzing in the right gaps that you're blitzing as a team those are some issues I think that they had last year at times, and I don't think they were a bad defense. They just weren't, you know, like like a really good or elite defense last year, and that was one thing that held them back. So that's something I'm going to be looking for. We do have some some goals here. People ask us to bring back the the goals, right? Can can you evaluate the goals? <laughs> yeah, we can. I think if you hold Boise to under five yards of play, that'd be great. Last year, there were basically four games in which Boise did not uh, have five yards of play or, or right about it. And those, those not coincidentally, are, are the four that they either lost or, or came closest to losing. You know, if I think Boise's defense is, is pretty decent. So you, you do need to hold Boise down a little bit. Number two, hold Boise under 40% rushing, rushing success right here. This is big. Florida State's offense is predicated on getting the ball a lot, playing at, at tempo, running a lot of plays, getting getting those plays off. That's a really big deal. Now, in order to do that, I think it's very important that you don't allow the offense, the opposing offense to stay on the field for a long time. Makes sense. The way you do that is you don't allow them to run the ball. If they hit a big play on you, fine, whatever. You're going to get the ball back, okay? And, and you're going to get the ball back to your offense. But I think it's either give up the ball quickly or score quickly. Do not allow Boise to have long sustained drives, which plays into my number three part here. No drives of more than 10 plays, right? Don't allow Boise to uh, to, to be able to, to move the football on you 
in that fashion. So that, that's kind of what I have for the defense. I think anybody who tells you that they know exactly what Boise is going to run with a true freshman quarterback is, is probably a little bit foolish. They do have a kind of a penchant for some trick plays, but not quite as much as they did back when it was Dan Hawkins and, and Chris Peterson there. They're a little more straightforward, but I think if you're over-aggressive, that, that could certainly bite you. The, the key is going to be you need your front three to go ahead and dominate, to dominate those dudes. Pivot our focus here to uh, when Boise State is defending Florida State with a ball. Boise State has a new defense coordinator who uh, has years after, but ultimately, in this where they got their head coach a couple years ago as well, Bud, from Eastern Washington? Uh, their offensive coordinator, and then they, they later went back and got got their other DC. Excuse me, their, their OC, and now they've gone back and gotten their DC from, from Eastern Washington, which is a if Boise State has a, a blue field that's kind of hard on the eyes to some, Eastern Washington has a red field that honestly maybe should be outlawed in football. But uh, another conversation for another day. Predominantly, historically, he's run a four-two-five. Histor, kind of the reputation is that not uh, not shy about blitzing you at all. And uh, you know, again, we'll try to make sense, but this is a a little bit of a quantity of the unknown. So the weird thing is, like, he's got a reputation there, there in New D.C. as being, like, extremely blitz-happy. But his stats there at, at Eastern Washington show a guy who allowed, like, low yards per completion, but a very high completion percentage, right? Like, over 60%, but low yards. And so that's kind of, like, all right, what, what does that look like in practice? Well, to me, it looks like a dude who is um, – basically allowing underneath throws, asking his defense to tackle, probably playing very aggressively against the run, most likely playing a lot of single high stuff so you can bring the eighth man into the box. And uh, and and if you do that, you probably have to play off a little bit on the edges, unless you have like 1992 Florida State personnel or something, you know. But I have no idea what this guy is going to run there as far as style. Now, alignment, sure. It's, it's going to be a pretty standard – Four two five. Look, um, this defense last year was not as good as Florida State's. Florida State's was thirty seventh. They were forty, what fifth, I think, or forty sixth in Bill Connolly's S and P defense rating, which I think is a lot more accurate than like total defense or some nonsense that doesn't account for field position, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, in, in looking at that, I think this is a good defense. I think it's going to be a better defense than it was last year. They do bring back a lot of important pieces. But, but I I don't know that this defense is is going to be one of the four or five toughest defenses Florida State faces this year. So there is going to be a chance to score some points, assuming that Florida State has improved some things up front and they, they take care of the football. A chance to score some points, but uh, it's a defense with some pretty interesting pieces, and a lot of them, a lot of them happen to be in the secondary. Uh, Boise State returns six of its. Uh, Seven regulars from last year, the Avery Williams and uh, the the secondary is talented and has a couple names that are a little bit of a, a challenge to pronounce. But uh, uh, Kekulatu Kananaho, I believe. All you, and then, man. I was going to yeah, go and Kikualta Kaniho. Okay, Kaniho, and then one of their safeties is Kiko Kikuo Nanahain. So I'm going to uh, go again. Uh, Kakoa. Uh, Nawahine. Nawahine. Okay. 
But I, I, these are total guesses, man. I do have a friend who's Hawaiian, so you got the got the heads up on me there. Uh, Tyreek Jones, a little more of a, a natural <laughs> pronunciation there, uh, is one of the other uh, returning uh, players in the secondary. Uh, Boise State, you mentioned. Uh, probably somewhere around 50th in the country last year, but 37th in passing S&P and 40th in passing downs. Uh, they also redshirted one kid who will be coming back in a Tyreek LaBeouf. And then they had another really talented kid who missed almost all of last year with a lacerated spleen in uh, DeAndre Pierce. So some some pretty nice pieces for them to work with in the secondary. Yeah, that is a, a loaded group there. Like, this is going to, not going to be a cakewalk, I, I think, against the secondary. However, I will note, they have struggled a little bit with speed at times. The, the teams that, that got them last year had some speedy dudes on the edge. And so this is something where Florida State could have a bit of an advantage here. However, to do so, they're going to have to stay in manageable down and distance. This is going to be a really important thing. We, we know Boise is very good at safety. We think their corners are, are are decent. Maybe not like amazing. The one Avery Williams is a little bit smaller at, at five nine, but they're they're both experienced in, in, in Williams and Walker. And I think Boise matches up well in terms of Florida State's going to be four wide a lot, probably because they have guys on both slots. I think they trust a whole lot. When you think about this. Boise's probably like, okay, yeah, we, we we got the guys to match up against Florida State. We're we're very comfortable running nickel and dime pretty much all the time. That, that's that's no problem. However, the speed thing could potentially be an issue uh, for them, but you gotta stay out of long down and distance. And that is because uh Boise last year, third and long, they were one of the best teams in the nation. They were second nationally in sack rate on passing downs. So if you got in passing downs, which are just to redefine for folks here, second and, uh, and and seven or more and third and five or more against Boise, uh, they were sacking you more than everybody but one team in the nation last year on, on a rate basis. So you got to stay out of those long downs. I think you need to hit explosive plays on early downs if you're going to win this football game because I don't think Florida State can block Boise in, in you know third and long second long types or I, I just don't right like i think you need to be able to be able to get them earlier on in, in, in the downs and one of those reasons is they got a dude coming off the edge who's who's real good curtis weaver is said dude who bud is referring to one of the better pass rushers in the country uh just a really talented kid somebody that'll stand out to you immediately uh having said that boise state does lose their three other uh, premier pass rushers from last year's team so they'll have to try to in the course of the game and in the course of the season find some pieces to pair with him but uh, Weaver on his own is a standout defensive end and somebody who will uh, probably announce himself uh, fairly early to the Florida State crowd that's not otherwise familiar with him yeah the the uh, nation's leader uh, in in sacks over, over the last two years that that doesn't suck he actually has legitimate size he's like 6'3 260-ish, so he's not just one of these real quick dudes who runs around slow tackles in the Mountain West. He, he has a little bit of bulk to him. He'll actually defend the runs some, too. Uh, last year, 15 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. Had some pass breakups. Uh, havoc rate of 54%, which is just pretty absurd, to be honest, uh, if, if you guys know uh, what that means. 
his average yards per play allowed on plays where he made the tackle, uh, negative one. So typically when he was when he was tackling somebody, uh, it was going for a loss. But but I don't I don't think the other guys up front are are garbage, right? They're just not on that same level. They like David Moa a lot, 6'3", 296 at defensive tackle. He's a sixth-year guy, so he's got to be, what, at least 24 years old, probably 25. I'm going to butcher this, but Sonotene Luai, uh, 6'1", 283, a little, little more their their quick tackle there. And then they have a couple guys on, on the other side who are in that 260, 270 range. So, again, kind of like we talked about on offense here, I think Boise has the advantage on its defensive line against Florida State's offensive line. Like, if you took it, who has better lines of scrimmage? I think you'd agree that it's Boise, simply because, like, I think the gap between Florida State's D line and Boise's D line is smaller than the gap between Boise's O line and Florida State's O line. They're going to have to do a really good job on early downs in this game of, of creating explosive plays. But luckily, that luckily Florida State that is something that that FSU or rather, not FSU, but Kendall Bryles, has been extremely good at in his career. And and part of that, I think, is going to be the RPO game, like I talked about. They do have bigger linebackers, you know, 242, 233, uh, and the 233 guy is coming off an ACL. So I would anticipate that Florida State is going to try to attack the middle of the field early and often against Boise State if it can. Now, if Boise wants to kind of pack the middle of the field, the other thing that's going to be really key here, especially if – if Boise's playing some single high stuff where they're trying to pack the box, is the screen game. And that's going to mean good good blocking from the receivers. Good blocking from receivers has been a hallmark of, of Ron Dugans in his career as a receivers coach. Uh, I would anticipate that will probably uh, continue here at Florida State. But the RPO game and then the screen game, I think, are going to be very important for FSU in order to kind of loosen some things up. And then, of course, the deep balls. If, if Boise really is struggling with, with with speed if that happens. I mean, you have a guy like Tamari and Terry, he's not slow. And I really am not sure if some of these these safeties in that conference face the exact same type of of speed from the slot position that you're going to see Florida State run at them with the DJ Matthews and a Keyshawn Helton. So there are some there really are some opportunities there if you can block, which look, we don't know. We do know that when Florida State has had to block like Marvin Wilson and, and Corey Durden in practice, things have not gone very well. You actually heard that in, in the comments from offensive coordinator Kendall Browse in the last scrimmage. He's like, yeah, well, you know, when Marvin's in there, it, it's, it's kind of tough to, tough to get, get stuff done, which is accurate, right? And that's a great sign. It probably tells you that Marvin is, is healthy. But at the same time, we, we don't know how this offensive line is going to look against a pretty good defensive line in an actual game. I think playing with pace in this game is something that can really help you out here. But uh, I think the run game is going to be very important here too, man. Uh, it certainly will. Um, I mean, look, if, are you familiar with the idea of heat maps in soccer, bud? Have you seen those at all? I am. Yeah. Whatever you can do to get the heat maps of, Bo- of Boise's linebackers uh, as, as much or all over the field as possible – uh, I'm all for, and uh, whether it be draws, screens, or anything else, it's it's critical. I, we talked about the conditions at the top of the podcast, and I think that's one group in particular that uh, that you might be able to wear down a little bit. And um, if, if you do, you know, look, you're not facing a, 
a typical Mountain West defensive ends or uh, tackles. This is a pretty thick defensive line and uh, just something that you're going to have to do to try to get this uh, team off balance. And if you're able to rely on Cam or uh, LeBourne to, to get your offense going, I, I think it's something that may be critical for Florida State in this game. You know, another thing, a really important note here is we, we have no idea how, how Boise is going to try to attack Florida State's run game, right? Are they are they just crowding the box? Are they actually run blitzing a lot? We have no idea. We do know that Cam Akers has had an excellent camp from everybody we talked to. They've, they've been all about Cam Akers. And I, I again, I think Cam Akers is probably better on average than, than the backs that, that Boise sees in the Mountain West. I don't know if he's as good as Madison uh, last year, got picked in the third round. We'll have to see. I, I think he probably is. And I think he'll have a nice bounce back here. One thing to look for, though, I want to see if they're going to play Jalen Gossam at tight end, right? If if James Blackman has been struggling a little bit at going through his reads and, and making quick decisions, then then what you don't need necessarily is to have have five options for him on a play, right? Go ahead and use a blocking tight end sometimes in Jalen Gossam. I, I love that kind of creativity and experimentation from the staff in, in, in practice and, and he's not really put on the size he needs to play tackle. So I was going to say it's, it's not going to look as though you're sneaking a tackle out there to play tight end. I'll, uh, I'll say that much. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's something that you should definitely take a look at and, and check out. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that, but you're right as well. I think the draws could be really important just because teams didn't seem to run them last year against Boise. And, and I think Florida state should have ran, uh, more of those last year too. It, it can also help out an offensive line. It just is is not that good. So, ability to get the deep ball, if it's there, is going to be really key. I do think Boise will occasionally give you some one on one matchups, but early on, you may need to hit the, sprint, the the screen game and the RPO stuff. Don't be afraid to kind of run a, a third and, and manageable play if you're in sort of that intermediate zone where you could potentially go for it on fourth as opposed to taking a devastating sack and you know I, I have a little bit of worry here about Blackman holding the ball with with with, uh, with Curtis Weaver screaming around the edge just personally all right Ingram let's pause to thank another one of our sponsors Travis Johnson attorney at law Travis is one of the top family law attorneys in the state in fact he's one of only 280 board certified family law attorneys out of more than 10,000 attorneys in the state you can call him 850-435-9919 Office Pensacola, but cases throughout the state, he will come to you. Look, whenever there's a dispute about time sharing or visitation schedule, the parents should, should have with the children. It, like a court has to determine what it believes is the best interest of, of the kid. There's a lot of factors. Having an attorney who can properly weigh those factors and, and execute a plan on your behalf is really important. You have to evaluate those cir- circumstances of each case so that you can make a plan works best for you and your kids. That's that's just that's important. Travis can do that for you. 850-435-9919. We have some goals for the defense, too. Attempt to try to average six yards per play. Uh, I think that's fairly reasonable. Uh, you're going to have your you're going to have your big shot plays, and really kind of like you mentioned, this is indicative of uh, making the most opportunities that are there, but also not suffering, you know, major self-inflicted penalties, holding the ball too long being your own worst enemy uh i think six yards of play is very doable but i think it's going to have to be indicative of uh florida state getting the most out of their pieces and again not uh not being their own worst enemy when it comes to putting themselves in the worst of situations i agree with you on that uh, i think six yards of play 
if you get six yards of play, I, I think you feel pretty good about Florida State winning this game. Um, not like if you get six yards, it's, it's, it's Lock City, but I think you feel decent. Next goal we have is, is run 75 plays. Boise last year, because they don't run a very fast tempo, um, only one team ran more than 70 plays against Boise last year. So that's that's not it's not that easy to do. 75 would be a really good goal for an offense that wants to go very fast. And then uh, we put this in here because I think this is something we're monitoring this year. Uh, no more than one procedure penalty. So that's false start or like illegal formation type stuff or, or illegal shift per 20 plays run. So if you if you end up running 80 plays, we don't want to see more than four of those. I think that's a reasonable goal for them to hit. Uh, it's not like they're you know never going to have a false start ever again or, or a procedure penalty, but uh, you, you want to see them clean that up a little bit. So I'd, I'd like to see less than one for every 20. Honestly, I'd like to see less than one for every 25, but, but baby steps here uh, for this offense. You want to do a little listener questions? Got a couple of listener questions that we've picked out over the past uh, 24 hours or so. With a browse offense, would a game played in the rain be more assistance to Florida State's offensive line or Boise State's defensive line? Ooh, uh, well, I think because Boise State's defensive line is, is built on quickness, um, I, I would say a game in the rain would probably help Florida State out a little bit, at least as far as, as the offensive line goes. Would you feel better about that? <laughs> I got a kick out of this question. Would you feel better about this year's team with a six uh, with a seven to six win or a loss at forty five to forty two? Oh God! Is there an obvious answer here that I'm missing? I'm trying to think. I mean, I think the overall theory of this year is to just collect W's where they are, and anything that lets you get a win out of this game and move on. Is uh, is something that I would happily jump at. I, I certainly see what the point the listener is trying to get to about the development, the offense, etc. But if you give up forty two to this offense, uh, I think there's a a lot of just as uncomfortable questions being asked of the program on the other side of the ball. I I think I agree with you. Yeah. All right, next one here. Just win, just win, please. Yeah, get get the big big win. Um, as Boise has as. Uh, has a good defensive line. Do they follow the Notre Dame UF script from last year, trying to see if they can get pressure and stop the run with only a few in the box? Well, I clearly like, that's what I think they will try to do initially. If, if the people who are telling us that this offensive line has improved uh, are correct. And I think they are just, we may quibble a little bit on the extent. Then I don't think you're going to be able to play a five man box against this offensive line, like, like Notre Dame and, uh, and somewhat Florida did last year. But, uh, yeah, initially, I mean, if you see that as a defensive coordinator, don't you have to try that first? Be like, okay, yeah, we're just going to keep everybody back and, and see if Florida State can actually run the football at all, which is why running the ball with Cam Akers and the screen game and actually blocking those screens are going to be pretty key. Fourth question is with Boise's lack of linebacker depth. Does that mean Braz will throw to the backs a good amount in an attempt to try to tire the linebackers out in the heat slash humidity? That's Kind of what I was getting at a second ago. Yeah. Yeah, we went over this in a previous show. The thing is, Browles does not throw to his backs very often. He doesn't. They're, no, they're, there's not they're a whole not lot a, of statistical. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> never. If uh, if you're like myself and somebody that you hope to hope to get uh, Cam or 
more aptly Kalan involved in the passing game. History is not necessarily on your side from a from a statistic standpoint. Yeah, and then look, maybe you know, maybe it changes. It'd be a great tendency breaker, right? But if, if you if you care about his history, uh, no, they they do not throw the ball to the backs in, in, in this offense. Number five, FSU starting eleven on D have shown ability to play tough against top teams when they can stay fresh. Defensive depth has proven to be shaky. How many snaps do you think it's reasonable expectation for the second team defensive line to play before we notice a talent drop off? If they have to defend like 75 snaps in the game and the starters give you like 50 and the backups give you 25, I, I think that I think you'd be pretty fine with that, right? Like, I, I think that's that's reasonable. You can go hard for that, but you're going to see a drop off on snap one because it's Marvin Wilson and then a huge gap to whomever you have backing him up. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot of snaps that are possible to be able to mask the the difference between between the amount of talent between the first and second teams. There, uh, maybe that void starts to grow ever so uh, smaller over time with experience and games that you're able to get the guys in. But right now, uh, there's as as much variance between the first and second team defensive lines uh, as probably any other group on the field. So. Maybe there's a maybe there's a aspect of this question that we misinterpreted, but I'm not sure that's something you can hide, regardless of how many snaps there are out there. Yeah, I, I I think that's right. All right, as you know, we're broadcasting live from my house, which I purchased uh, thanks to the help of Resolution Home Loans. Resolution Home Loans. When you call Resolution, you're going to get a great loan through Shannon Young. He's done over 30 Nolcast listeners now. Get a great rate, great customer service. Just, just an awesome experience. About as best as you can have, you know, getting a home loan, and uh, he'll walk through the entire process, give you all the guidance you need, and get you that right rate. Call him eight four four FSU loan or visit fsuhomeloans.com. Ingram, it is time in the show now for a prediction. Okay. <laughs> this is tough, man. I've gone back and forth on this. Uh, pretty cons- consistently over the last 24 hours or so again um to book in the the podcast i do think it's beneficial for florida state i gave them uh, a couple extra points today after uh, thinking about the move i like florida state here uh somewhere in the area of 34 to 28 bud 34 28 so that's uh what, 62 points total i i think i see a, it's a, a little little more than boys than the vegas has in mind for the game but uh yeah I, I i see a little bit a little bit less scoring um i do wonder if boys is able to keep the pace down with, with the freshman quarterback uh but they could certainly wilt in the heat i'm gonna go uh 30 to 23 i think Florida state not crazy confident they win this game. Obviously, last week we went over our, our win predictions, but you know, maybe add a, po- a point or two uh, to that here. But it, just get any kind of win, and I think you have to be feeling pretty good here uh, that you start the season one and zero against an opponent that is not in the top twenty-five currently, but almost certainly going to end up there by season's end. That'd be really huge. A good team with some really good pieces, and it would be uh, quite the opposite from from game one of last year if we're able to walk out of Doug Campbell around 315 on Saturday and uh, enjoy a program that's 1-0. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, any result that gets you that is a, is a great step forward and a 
much needed victory in in a season opener that uh, this program and its fan base need so uh hopefully we've given you some kind of idea as to what to expect what you might see out there uh thank you as always for the support you've given us and our sponsors over time hard to believe that i think this is bud and i's maybe ninth year tenth season something like that at doing this uh but we're fortunate to be able to uh continue on and uh we will talk to you in some form or fashion uh, after the game on saturday